This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. From the ArmeniaProud.com studios. Genatsat Hayed. This is a toast to Armenia with Jono Kabinjian. A comprehensive look at the Armenian culture only on lineupmedia.fm. Genatsat, Genatsat, Pailus Inch Pesek. How are you, Brian? I'm doing very well today. Hey, man, I heard uh, from people out there, you were kind of talking about it. You were talking about uh, you were watching the Armenian soccer team taking on uh, Bosnia. Yeah, well, I ended up, uh, as you know, last week in Atlantic City, and uh, I was sitting in my hotel room just flipping through channels. And uh, That's why we didn't have a show, my friends, last yes, week. Yes, because I was, I was out of town uh, working an event. And uh, I, I was flipping through. I saw soccer, but I saw the colors. The colors of, of the team. Okay, and, uh, and what did I tell you those colors oh, yeah, are? You, yeah, it's uh, the uh, Yeraquin. Yeraquin. Yeah, yeah. Damn close. Good job. I try. Uh, but yeah, I saw the colors and I was like, aha, that's Armenia. And so I ended up watching the game. And right. uh, and of course, you know, Armenia. Our boys won. Against Bosnia, Herzegovina. And uh, yeah, I was I was very happy. That that 1% of me was so very proud. I think that 1% just overwhelms <laughs> all the other percentages. Well, you know, Armenians, they're a strong and uh, proud people. So, you know, it just happens to be that way. We are proud and uh, very, very happy for Armenia to win. I think it was 4-2, to two, the final score. And uh, on that note, too, my friends... Uh, what we got going in Armenia, I, I mean, I'm sick and tired of all these marches, these demonstrations, these uh, blah, 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 BS. I think you guys in Armenia, hey, we got a government right now that's trying to do good. Okay, you, you don't agree with the gold mine, but guess what? He's had 12 different uh, individuals in there to check out how safe the place is and all that. And I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. If you're going to close that one down and not even get things going, then why don't you just close down the others in Armenia uh, that are already existing and w- working in full uh, effect here? Because I definitely think that Armenia needs this business. It's a European company that's going to be hiring, I think, over... I'm not sure about this, so don't give me any crap about it, but over 1,200 people that will be employed by this. And I also heard uh, it, it may be a rumor or not, but $500 million a year coming in annually to Armenia? Come on. That's a lot of money. Stop your bitching. Stop your bitching. Everybody needs to be working in Armenia. All we do is sit around in Armenia and complain about this and that and read our little coffee cups and all that stuff. That's that's fine and dandy. But I'm telling you, the people in, in Armenia need to work. And it's good to see our soccer team do well. That's what it's all about. It brings national pride. But you know what? It's not all about uh, waving the... Armenian flag and saying I'm proud to be Armenian these people have got to work and it's a start and a God bless our prime minister Pashinyan who's doing everything he possibly can and you know what I I was advocate of all this I mean I was like hey you know uh we've got uh I don't I didn't know how he was going to be towards uh foreign policies I didn't know how he's going to be with uh, domestic policies. I didn't know how he was going to be handling Azerbaijan. I didn't know how he was going to be uh, affecting our military. But you know what? He's given our military a raise. He sat down with the Zeris and said, this is not happening. It's the same Armenian blood. It's that boiling blood that uh, you guys don't think that I'm going to join up with you or give you anything. So, um, I'm all for everything, man. And we just got to stop bitching one minute and just realize that we're all Armenians and we got to work together. We got to work together. It is the worst. 
I mean, uh, Brian, you got to understand. Yeah. We have no sea. We have no ocean. We have no oil. Yeah. All right. Who the hell wants to be the prime minister of Armenia? You got nothing going on. And on top of that, you have the worst enemies that are surrounding you. Yeah. And no, no one likes you. And my point is, it's not a good job. And you got a guy in there right now that's doing everything he possibly can to make Armenia better. Let's give him a chance. Let's bring some corporations. I seen this. All right. I seen this. I seen them holding a sign on Facebook. And uh, you may want to cut this out or you may not. I don't I, I don't care anymore. But it said corporations. And to me, you don't say that. Because corporations are the ones that are bringing in business. And we need business in Armenia. Because here's how it works here. The Armenian philosophy from Armenia. They have one or two people that work in the family. And when these two people uh, seem to uh, not work anymore or they're not making anything. Or they just went on and they married and they married... uh, uh, outs- uh, wh- whatever, they, they married, and now they got to take care of their own family. Guess what? Now the, this old family, uh, Tzavetanem. They they always start off with Tzavetanem. Uh, can, can I ha- take out your pain or whatever? And it, uh, they eat Jiget and all this stuff. But in any case, uh, they say, uh, Tzavetanem, can you send me $500? Can you send me $1,000? I need this and I need that. Well, folks, I, I'm all for helping out the people in Armenia. But these Armenian people in Armenia have got to know that all the jobs in Armenia are not all IT jobs, okay? People got to get out there and work. People got to make things happen. Put your little pride aside and get things done, okay? We got a prime minister right now that needs your support and needs the Armenian public to get in to the Yera Queen. All right, get into the flag flow, and that's what it's all about. All right, that's my two cents. I, I, I think that's what it's all about. It's not about cheering on Armenia beating Bosnia. By the way, Bosnia is in last place, so we should have beaten Bosnia 4-2. to two. It could have easily been 3-2, to two, a lot closer than what the score dictates. But in any case, we beat them 4-2. to two. That's fine, but as a whole, Armenia We got to cheer on people out there that want to get things done. And that's what, stop, stop, stop with all your marching. We're not accomplishing anything. All we're showing is people that just want to whine and bitch. And that's not what Armenia is all about. Okay, that's my opinion. I just threw it out there. You may never want to listen to the show again. I get it. But I'm just telling you, it's been bothering me, and that's what's got to be done right now. Everyone pull together and make something happen. All right, so we're interviewing right now with Anush. Anush is interviewing Julia Dixon, and she's a wine professional that studies. Her major thing is all about wine. Yeah. And this is what she's all about. And she traveled to Armenia. So let's check this show out. Be, uh, before I say anything more, let's kick it in. Uh, this is the wine segment, segment with Anush, where I get to meet and interview amazing individuals who are in the wine industry, very inspiring and dedicated to um, their work and passion. Uh, today, I have a very exciting guest whom I met through Instagram, actually. Uh, Julia Dixon, wine professional. Hi, Julia. How are you? Hi, Anush. Doing great. How are you? I'm doing amazing, and I'm so excited to talk to you today to share your story because I think it's such an incredible and fun um, story of your work. So um, uh, why don't we just dive into the questions? Um, Why don't you introduce yourself and um, tell us what you do? Sure. Um, so my name is Julia Dixon, and I'm a wine professional currently based in Austin, Texas. I have kind of a multicultural background. Um, growing up in Russia, moving to US a long time ago, and uh, pursuing wine here for the last ten years. Um, over the last couple of years, I founded a company called Art Pro Wine. 
to offer people a luxurious experience of wine and art mm-hmm. um, and also cultural and culinary talents. So it's, it's been really fun to introduce people to new cuisines, traditionally made wines and local artists and pair it all together. Um, and also my other project called Gravity Imports, um, creating, curating a portfolio of uh, Georgian wines for now, uh, traditionally made Georgian wines with the perspective to move um, to Armenian, um, Turkish and possibly Greek wine representation in the future. That's I mean, uh, bringing those wines here and advocating for them uh, to a consumer. That is so exciting. Um, I, I mean, um, I was going to ask you uh, about your background, but I was, I, I wasn't sure, you know, if I should. Uh, is that a personal question or not? So, so you, you were born, you lived in Russia. Are you yes. uh, part Russian? Hmm. Uh, yes, part the Jewish, Georgian, and Russian. So, oh, that's that's when amazing. It all comes. Yeah. So, um, um, so, so, how did you, um, you know, you you um, grew up in Russia, then you moved to United States. Uh, what made you decide to go into the wine, uh, to the wine industry, and then eventually to become a sommelier? What was the um, path to that? So, um, initially, I went to law school in Russia. It was early on and I was only 18 when I joined the law program. I loved it. It was international law, but soon it became pretty boring. And um, I realized after graduating, it's not what I wanted to do. And um, I was looking for something more fun and something that would connect me to people more personally. And also I was looking for something you can continue to learn an ongoing tasting and learning and traveling and of course no brainer I found wine I was living in Florida at the time I had great mentors um, one of them was Michel Thibault he now lives in Austin um, French uh, Bordeaux guy from when I say Bordeaux he's a Bordeaux specialist but he's actually from Champagne region mm-hmm. and I've worked in many positions in Florida in terms of wine in a wine store, wine bar, moved to so many position in a steakhouse. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, and to me, it was decided, you know, wine is a great destination to go to learn and it connects you to amazing people. So that's one of the best things. Yeah, about the I, I couldn't agree more. It's so like when you uh, learn about wine, you learn not about just the particular bottle of wine, but about the country, about the varietal, about the history. And it goes so deep that the amount of information that you get, it changes your perspective uh, about this, just this red or white drink in your glass. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, when you learn about wine, it opens the gate to different cultures, different traditions, and that's, so exciting um that perspective you know people drink and eat they connect on a different uh level and i think when you understand that a lot of doors open for you in life no matter what you do (laughs) yeah so um so then how did you um decide to um represent the georgian wines i mean i know from your background i i guess it would have been natural just like i'm so much into armenian wine uh, so, so, so give us that story, how that happened, how did you travel back and, you know, some, that's amazing. Sure, thank you. Um, so Georgian wine was the first wine I ever tasted or drank, uh, when I was young, uh, that's what my grandmother used to drink and a lot of it was oxidized and not in a great shape. So I never really... Loved it too much, <laughs> but uh, you know, when I started to um, study wine professionally, I was looking for Georgian wines uh, that are in a fair condition. I can retaste it now with a new perspective and understanding, and I couldn't find too many here in the U.S. And that made me um, 
stimulated me to go to Georgia and uh, try them there on the spot. And I was just blown away with the diversity and uh, sort of renaissance of the industry that they're going through right now. Um, and from there on, there was no question in my mind that I need to represent those wines and do whatever it takes to promote those wines uh, outside of Georgia and U.S. It's one of the best markets for wine in the world. So there's a natural connection there. And, uh, of course, like in Armenia, in Georgia, the wine industry exists, and that means wine factories, a larger wine production. But what uh, was interesting for me is the traditional winemaking, the tradition that people kept there for centuries, some say 8,000 years, right? working with uh, indigenous native grape varietals that are unique to the area, like Sapiravi in Georgia, Arini in Armenia, that you don't find in any other places. And uh, people understand those varietals, they know how to work with them and how to make them at its best um, expression. So, and apart from wine, I was fascinated with culture, food, people, the level of hospitality in Georgia and Armenia are uh, just uh, incredible. Mm. I don't think I'm interested anywhere else, and I've traveled you know, to many other countries before. Um, so from there on, I was hooked, and I think that was like uh, three and a half, four years ago, an ongoing relationship with Georgia are happening <laughs> strong. That that's amazing. So so you um, are you an importer for their wines? Yes. So you mentioned the, the company at the beginning, and we will post that as well. How how is the perception and how uh, people receive um, the uh, Georgian wines? I know Texas is one of the. As I worked in, in sales, I know that they are one of the. Uh, most open people in trying all the wine and they are very curious and they love good wine. What is your feedback and what's your experience when you introduce Georgian wines? One of the biggest challenges is the name of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so state of Georgia. And so I always like to say the country of Georgia because the confusion can happen frequently. People think peach wine, you know, from the state of Georgia. Yeah. Uh, so you got to make that clear. Actually, in Georgia, they call themselves Sakatvelo, right? That's uh, another name that was used before it joined the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. But we won't go there. <laughs> um, so the country of Georgia is one thing, and then some people don't know where it is. It's such a small country. The population of Georgia is only 4 million people. Mm-hmm. That's not right? So, But when people do know, and luckily a lot of them do, they immediately have interest to try the wines. Um, in Texas, and I, I guess in most of the United States, there's a big movement towards natural food, you know, organic or uh, local produce, and um, wine is a part of food, so there's also a natural tendency to uh, look for uh, pure um, wines that made without many stipulations, right? And uh, when you bring wines like this to taste, they speak for themselves um, they taste unusual mm-hmm. but it comes from the techniques it connects to the culture you start speaking how the wine is made and uh, the grape varietals where it's grown and you know the the I think in traditional wines created its own style which is an amber wine mm-hmm. some people call it orange but I think it's incorrect because again some consumers think this wine is made from oranges. Oranges, that's correct, yeah. The amber wines are not white, they're not rosé, and they're definitely not red. So they create their own category because it's uh, white wine made like red wine. So they have um, all the textural components of red wine, tannin, acid, um, this um, rounded texture. Body. Yes, a lot of times. Um, a lot of times high alcohol, but it's balanced and it creates its own world. Yeah. Um, so 
<clears throat> I, I, I have not, um, I mean, I have tasted a lot of Georgian wines uh, when I was in Armenia. I have had few while here, but I, I would love to, um, uh, I've been to like few uh, natural wine um, uh, seminars and festivals, but I would love to have the experience of like food and wine pairing. Mm-hmm. Like when you have the traditional cuisine, or maybe not even traditional cuisine, but Georgian cuisine matched with the wines, I think that would be an amazing experience. Yes, and I think because of amber, so I should mention that most wines are made in Georgia are white or amber, so predominantly white grape varietals are grown in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And not, therefore, not the reds anymore, not because there used to be a lot of red wine. So the king of uh, red grape is Saperavi in Georgia, and still grape varietals maybe like 30%. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's mainly white, but a lot of white grapes made into amber, and what amber represents is um, you can pair amber wines with unusual dishes that you wouldn't think to pair with white wines, like a lot of uh, protein, meats, uh, chicken, turkey, pork, all that stuff goes greatly with amber wine because of its tannic structure sounds sounds delicious i'm getting hungry so 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 this year you decided to visit armenia or have you been there before first time first time so what what made you uh go to armenia uh and how was your experience and visit tell us about that well Yerevan is famous, right? So I've been hearing about it for a long time and been wanting to go. Um, just uh, wasn't the right time before this time, so I planned it and we went. Um, apart from just the capital, of course, we drove around and saw this incredible nature. Um, but mainly what struck me, the very first thing that struck me coming to Armenia, it's its people. Mm. There is no such a thing as stranger in Armenia. <laughs> and immediately, people are very friendly. They are looking to help you. They want to speak with you. They want to share the excitement for life. It's just amazing. Um, so I was, uh, I met the family, Armenian family, and they invited me for coffee right away. I couldn't say no when I just got there. And they were what you consider here in the U.S. strangers, but some of the friendliest people you ever meet and. Um, then the food from, as soon as I just got there, first thing I did, of course, I dropped off my luggage and I went to eat and, uh, uh, I was in the architecture, the pink houses, uh, in our, in Yerevan is very unique architecture, not only in style, but also the materials that they use. I forgot the name of this uh, stone, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's pink tufa, like, T U F A, and it's a natural, uh stone that we have pink tufa yes so lots of buildings in downtown are built from this and makes it look like a plain pink and fountains water fountains uh you can get a drink of this delicious mountain water anywhere you go they got tons of um not only fountains they own going but they also part of public art program that they have in armenia and just beautiful fountains and people connect when they drink them, you know. People say hi to each other when they're just getting a drink of water. So it's very friendly atmosphere. And then, of course, the art in general is just off the chain. I went to the um, National Armenian Museum of Art and History. And I think I spent like two days just walking around there and connecting. They have some amazing pieces, original art. Uh, Ivazovsky, they had a big exhibition of uh, him. He was Armenian. I was I going to say Ivazovsky is Armenian, yeah. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people know that. And you just, you know, being there, you take and you're learning about how deep and ancient Armenian civilization is and seeing the artifact and the rise of its civilization and the things that were happening along the way. And you just become so proud to know Armenian people and just to be there. Um, and again, everyone is so friendly. People speak multiple languages. Mm-hmm. They speak English. They speak Russian. I was surprised. Um, then, right, Russian, uh, Russian used to be the second language in Armenia. So right now, even though 
Uh, I think English is coming close, but Russian is a very big part of Armenia because of just the location of the history of the past. And, um, you know, Armenia, um, you know, works with um, uh, Russia and uh, uh, in good relationships. So they have to uh, speak the language to maintain the um, connection with each other and the people. And I think it's great. It's cool, like, when somebody asks you, like it's 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 natural that we know at least like two or three languages typically three or more i agree it's great and kids speak several languages not just adults so that makes it so easy to visit and to get around you know if you ask for direction they're not only going to point you somewhere they most people actually going to walk you to where you needed to go so that's great as well and uh the food, I have to speak about that a lot too because it's its own unique food. The cheeses, um, I've had at least 20 different types of cheeses within just a few days, mm -hmm. uh, locally made. Um, the cuisine is very friendly towards not just meat eaters, but vegetarians as well, vegans. Um, so it can cater to the broad spectrum of different people and um you know when we went anywhere we went to eat and they buy the glass program whenever we ordered glass or wine they opened a brand new bottle for you i don't know how the costs but it was amazing i i've never seen it anywhere else so yes that was amazing that, that is, uh, thank you so much i mean those words such nice warm words you know make me so happy and proud. Um, I'm actually going in two weeks to Armenia. I haven't been there for 10 years, so I'm very excited to go and um, dive in myself back in, in, into the city. Um, how? So which wineries? I, I'm, I'm sure you visited some wineries while you were there. Uh, which wineries did you visit and um, how, what, what can you uh, share with us about that? So <clears throat> on this trip, it was uh, mainly a cultural trip for me because, you know, I think when you just, because you can buy a bottle of Armenian wine in the U.S., right? Absolutely. But you can um, get connected to people, to its culture, like see the museums, meet people. Uh, so I was focused on mainly just diving into that and uh, being a tourist, you know, at first. Um, and uh, as you know, one of the biggest fascinations uh, is Armenian branding, right? That's still coin, called cognac. Yeah. Uh, Ararat. And it's, it's very famous in Russia and in Georgia. And I think it's famous in Armenian uh, communities outside of Armenia. Very much but so. It's also just so good. So if you like cognacs, uh, Ararat has so much value that it can blow away any cognac that's commercially made right now on the market. And I love cognac, so that's why I can say that. Mm -hmm. um, say, you know, our, our are at 20 years old, and I don't want to say names of other cognacs, but can blow away some cognacs that you pay over $1,000 per bottle, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and not a lot of people, I think here, <clears throat> it needs more representation. So I know you asked about wine, but I just want to highlight that it's not only wine that's being made um, in Armenia, but also the production for, I think, most of the grapes in Armenia actually right now still being distilled, right? Yeah, the majority, the, the, the cognac, the brandy industry in Armenia has been uh, developed uh, since a very long time ago. And in the former Soviet Union republics, you know, Armenia was assigned or um, designated as the cognac as the best cognac was coming from there and the best wine was coming from Georgia that was the that was the um, classification and the grouping and so Armenia has been spending a lot of time and effort on you know perfecting the art of making the brandy and they they do have some amazing stuff coming up um, there is uh, Ararat there is Noi there is few others and uh, they actually were, almost all of them were represented at the wine festival that I mentioned it, um, earlier that we had this year, the Armenian Wines and Spirits. And it was a great opportunity for people to come and try and to learn about, you know, how this this could be a good value at such a good uh, quality. 
Yes. And that's what I was going to say. And then the great bridals, so, you know, one of my favorite is irony. I think it has uh, a descriptors of uh, like a Pinot Noir and a Cool Climate Syrah combined. And it's made uh, really well um, by many producers. So um, I've tasted maybe seven different ironies while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <clears throat> but you know, you can find um, like any industry, you have to speak about broader, um, I guess there has to be a variety of wines that to be called an industry. And Armenia definitely has that. They make rosé, they make red, they make white, sparkling wine, some great traditionally made sparkling wines. And um, I guess the only thing I haven't tasted was the dessert wine. Do they make dessert wines in Armenia? They do. Some of the distributors do make dessert wines. Um, there is a, um, uh, one uh, winery, I think they're even making a late harvest, like a... Uh, late harvest uh, uh, white wine and I can't wait to try it so once I go try it I'll report back I'm sure it's going to be very delicious because just like uh, with Georgia Armenia has a lot of white varietals that they they grow and uh, there is Voskehat, uh, uh, there is Garan uh, Demak, those, those are the indigenous ones along with the other ones. And Arani, of course, is the main, um, the shining, uh, as of now, a varietal which is in, in indigenous and very old. It does, to me too, it does taste like Pinot Noir and Syrah, and I would like say like some little bit of Tempranillo mixed in it. Um, it's such a versatile and different producers make them differently. Like it could be from a very lighter body. Uh, it could be um, with uh, aged in a French oak and there is some that's like extended maceration. Paul Hobbs and Jakubian make that wine that is like three of them are completely different. And of course Zora, the original, um, uh, the, the first uh, wine that was um, uh, uh, exposed to the world, the Armenian wine that made these big uh, waves. Uh, so what did you, uh, what similarities did you see with the Armenian wines and Georgian wines in, in, within like the, um, uh, the traditional making methods? I'm sure um, you, they told you and you have learned about it. So um, t- tell us about that a little bit. So... Um... By traditionally made wines, at least in Georgia, when they say that, they mean the wine would be made in a clay pot, similar to amphora, that they install on the ground called kvevri, that comes in various sizes and forms essentially a marani, which is a winery in Georgia. And I know in Armenia it's also common, uh, but maybe less common, and now I think, what at least what I've tasted in Armenia, the modern in a good way, modern production is vastly implemented. So there are high quality uh, wines of different levels. Um, you know, I didn't get to taste any traditional made wine in Armenia this time. I'm mm-hmm. sure they them, but I just didn't get to taste them. It wasn't enough time. Uh, on my next trip, I'm going to focus on that and precisely visit more wineries. But this was more of a cultural trip this time. However, in Georgia, I focus 100% on the traditional producers. And by, you know, what I see in Georgia now are the newer trends where young producers continue to use the traditional techniques like using kvevri and uh, doing everything by hand, fermenting in kvevri, but sometimes they would go ahead and age in a barrel or use some uh, stuff that they've learned uh, in uh, their wine programs or just by practicing winemaking, which is nice to see because it creates a more diverse array of wines uh, of different qualities. Because what happened in the query, of course, you have to master it like anything else. It's harder to control uh, the wine production process in query versus Mm -hmm. some other vessels um, because the earth essentially creates this <clears throat> temperature control that you would do in commercial wineries by using uh, machinery, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, trust uh, more to uh, the nature and connect to the nature fully, and um, that's a different process. It's very interesting, and I think one of the most interesting things that nothing is used. There's no additives. Uh, maybe some sulfur at the end, but a lot of producers don't even want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I w- I'm looking to learn more about Armenian traditional production on my next trip. That's for sure. Oh, that would that, that is that would that would be so exciting. It would be very interesting to see, you know, the similarities because you have spent so much time um, visiting the uh, Georgian wineries and visiting Armenian uh, wineries. I think it would be great to see because they are just side by side neighboring countries and they have a lot of a lot, a lot of similarities, a lot of historical, um, uh, uh, cultural traditions that uh, pretty much are very close to each other. Armenians do use also the uh, clay pots, which is called garas, and the um, you said the Georgian is called marani, the produ- the production place for the wine, and maran is a kind of a, it's 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 a cellar in Armenian. So even the words, even the words are similar. Um, so where do you see the, um, the winemaking, um, you know, industry of, uh, uh, Georgia and Armenia in like five years and 10 years? And, uh, what is your projection? My projection is uh, both industries will continue to evolve into, uh, bigger and more known wine production uh, producing countries, but we have to also consider that the countries are relatively small. That means those wines just will grow in quality, hopefully not quantity, and uh, will create this niche uh, category that will have their consumers ready and waiting for those wines. And I think that would be the best way, uh, because we've had Soviet Union, we've had a situation where at least in Georgia, the production was pushed to its limits and the quality was given a second place in that game. And I think now it's reversed and more producers are focused on um, international standards and bringing their wines uh, to higher quality to best expression, whether it takes traditional uh, winemaking or implementing some modern techniques. And uh, that is very looking very bright for the future. I think uh, Armenian wines and Georgian wines will have their own little category on each wine list, you know, but it's hopefully going to be still limited to keep the high quality in place. I, I, I can't wait for that, like to go to a restaurant. I'm sure I'm, I know that there's few restaurants like one here, one there uh, that carry um, Armenian or Georgian wines, but it would be amazing to go to a restaurant that, you know, that more than one restaurant in one city that would carry those wines and people would enjoy and appreciate them. So it, um, that, that would be wonderful to see. So, um, and, and people like you are here to help with that, you know, to represent, to teach, to educate, to share your experience and, um, get people excited about, um, uh, new, which are actually old, uh, wines of the world. And Anush, I know there's a wine, uh, like a, there's a winery called Anush in Armenia. <laughs> I'm, the reason I'm laughing is that my name, Anush, means sweet. So okay. it's a very common name to see on, um, and my kids are teasing me. They're like, mommy, is your name candy? Because, because the translation is, I'm like, yeah, I guess the American equivalent, English equivalent would be that. So yes, Anush is on the wines, it's on the cheese, it's on the store, it's so a- anything and everything that they feel like it's sweet and nice and um, they name it Anush, which makes me happy. <laughs> can I also ask you a question in terms of the producers that you can get here in US, what are some of the names maybe you can share with everyone and we can uh, Right now there are a lot of um, uh, wines, Armenian wines available in United States and one of the best ways of um, getting a good variety is through winesofarmenia.com 
Um, so uh, there is uh, uh, Zora is uh, the um, one of the um, most amazing wines that uh, that is made in Armenia. You know his dedication and passion to um, preserving the ancient winemaking uh, tradition is big. He even uh, started a school for teaching how to make garasis, the clay amphoras. So they have investigated and they have analyzed and searched different soil, different clays from within the area and he found the uh, best master and now they are teaching to preserve that art. So uh, Zora is amazing. There's amazing sparkling wine by Kush. It's K-E-U-S-H, which is a project of Vahe Kushkerian. And Vahe is uh, one of the uh, other pioneers who went to Armenia. He established uh, like a custom crush facility, um, uh, collected a lot of information and help to for the Armenian winemakers to, to get them, like, to, to teach them new techniques, to help them with, like, all the legal information, etc. So he has a great uh, sparkling wine. His daughter, Amy, has a brand called Zulal. And Zulal means uh, pure in Armenian. And what she does is she uh, looks for indigenous other varietals, including Arani and Voskehat. There is a new one called Tozot. And Toz means dust. So this is a grape that looks like a little dusty on the outside. And so she has cultivated, uh, not, not cultivated, she, she worked with the uh, um, uh, growers to make sure that they are um, pruned, tended properly. And then she has been making wines from pure vines so to say and uh, uh, there's so many Trinity uh, Kenyan they make a wonderful wine in Garas um, I think the Karas producer one of the bigger producers Karas uh, uh, so so there is a producer called Garas mm -hmm. and uh, I'm not sure if they make any wine in Garas in in Cleanfora. I have not had too much time to um, uh, spend and know about the wine, but um, I'm sure they make some. I have tried one of their wines, uh, and Garas has a um, winemaker who is from Argentina, so they incorporate a lot of natural um, indigenous varietals together with, uh, uh, um, you know, French varietals. Uh, so they have a Malbec that's grown in Armenia, which is uh, quite interesting. They make the white, which is a blend of, um, uh, I think it was a Viognier, um, Voskehat, and I want to say Chardonnay. Um, I'm not sure. So Garas makes a lot of wines that are, they do make indigenous varietals, but they also make a lot of uh, blends, which is, uh, I think, quite interesting and exciting. Um, Another very interesting wine is um, from Tushba, and um, uh, Pope visited their winery actually when he was visiting Armenia. They make uh, two wines, one red and a white, and uh, uh, totally, to totally different. Um, uh, it it's a different varietal and it's a different wine. It's like so interesting. Like when you start tasting Armenian wine and you're okay, you get you get a sense of it, and then you taste their wines. Like, wow, this is this is quite different, and this is so much fun. So, uh, the list goes on. But uh, winesofarmenia.com, uh, Stepan Bagdasaran, who is a very good friend, he has made it easy for all over United States. Well, wherever I guess you can ship to um, to order the wines online. And Anush, I know, for instance, in Georgia, just to put into perspective. Traditional winemaking is maybe like five to ten percent of what they make uh, nationwide for wine. Uh, how is it in Armenia? It's much less. It's much less, but it's growing. The interest is coming back. And uh, uh, as as of now, I know maybe only like three or four wineries. But then again, there is maybe thirty wineries altogether in Armenia. So it's a very new um, industry, very young industry, but what they're doing is they're diving in and they're using all the know-how, all the knowledge, 
and trying to do the best that they can. And actually, um, uh, their their hard work pays off with all the accolades and the awards from different uh, multiple um, wine competitions and also the feedback and recognition of the uh, people. So it's it, it's very exciting. It's 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 a very exciting time for the industry, for the consumer. Uh, the vibe at the festival over here. We had seventy percent of the attendees were Armenian and thirty were non-Armenian. And the faces of the Armenian people were like lit up because they were so excited to taste such good wine. And I'm sure the same thing would go for, let's say, Georgians, because, uh, you know, when you try something that better that you used to drink, you know, you're, you become happier and more proud <laughs> and sharing yeah, and it with the others. Definitely. And in Georgia, more uh, Georgians now become educated on their own wines because it used to be, you know, a common belief that everyone make wine and that's just what they did but the quality and markers were non-existing and now our newer generation is more interested in quality wine and they no longer bring you know gallons of homemade wine to the restaurant they actually <laughs> look into the list and it is most of the time curated and order a bottle of something unique that's made there locally and enjoy it trying to understand the wine. And I think uh, similar trends are in Armenia because while being in Yerevan, there are many wine bars there with uh, lists that are curated by wine professionals. Um, and that's nice. It's in demand and people are looking to learn and not just tourists, but locals as well. Absolutely. Like uh, before I uh, arrived to United States, when we would go to the bars and stuff, the the choice of the drink was beer or hard liquor, hardly wine, hardly anyone would be interested. But now when I look at the, um, the, the younger generation, you know, they all are in the wine bars. They're interested. They're curious. They have wine seminars. They have little wine games. They are into wine. And that's, um, that's, that makes me very happy to see that. But uh, Armenian beer is delicious, Kilikia. It's so good. Like, I would have a hard time choosing right now. You know, for one. <laughs> Some Armenian lager or a glass of wine, because it's really good. And I think water uh, in Armenia, that's what makes the difference. It's clean, pure, and it's blue. You know, it's got this blue hue, because many natural pools in Armenia have this bluish color to it, and it's not the bottom of the pool. It's naturally like that like it would be that color in your bathtub it's amazing it's, so of course the beer is so good there as well so it, it, this reminded me of the uh, movie that has been really popular and i don't know if you uh remember that it was called mimino or if you have watched it it's basically yeah. about an armenian and uh, a georgian guy who um end up in moscow on um, a trip and um, the Armenian guy says to the Georgian, because they always like, like to bounce things off each other. It's like, we have this is our, this is better, and our this is better. So the Armenian guy says, do you know that when you open the faucet in Armenia and the water comes out, it's, it's, it won like the second place in the whole world because it's the best. No, he says in Dilijan, which is a city. And then the Georgian guy says, well, what about the first place? Is it in Yerevan? <laughs> so it's it's just it's just funny. This reminded me when you said the water is delicious. I just went right back to that movie when. Uh, anyways, yeah, it's those two countries. I mean, those countries are gems, and I'm glad that um, things have turned around and people are working hard and making their best to share the wonderful wines. And um, like I said again, we have people like you who are here advocating, promoting, and um, educating people on the amazing wines that come from there. Thank you. And there are lots of work to do, but it's all exciting work, right? It is, absolutely. It's very exciting. It's, 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 it's what I love. It's, um, I always say that I love wine and Armenia, and when you put those two things together, Armenian wine, it's like it, it makes me even more happier and I can take I, I can talk about it forever and I'm sure you can too. But I think we need to end this at here and then maybe we can uh, talk again on air once you go visit the Armenian wine country. And then when I go visit Armenia so we can share our experiences with um, the listeners again. That would be great. And maybe we can think about the ways of uh, introducing 
some of the Georgian wines at your festival just like a, maybe a small side thing. Um, why not, right? Absolutely. Um, we're, we're, we're open. We're open to um, lots of uh, cooperations, collaborations, and, uh, uh, you know, working together and sharing the love to wine. Yes. All right, Julia. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It was Thank a pleasure. Thank you for the wonderful interview, wonderful story, and we'll catch you next time. Sounds great. Have a wonderful day, Anush. We'll talk soon. Alrighty. Say bye to our listeners on uh, Instagram. Thanks, guys, for joining, and uh, hopefully you learned something. Or um, just thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye. Well, that was pretty damn good, my friend. That was a great interview. That was a damn good interview, and uh, you know what? It, it's it's stuff like that, and I guarantee you because I got the owner of Lineup Media that said, I can't wait to travel with you to Armenia. And I know, I know what Armenia is all about. Every time I go to Armenia, I have the best time of my life, and we're all treated like brothers and sisters, and it's, it's, a, good, it's a good country. It's a great country to visit. And I just don't want, when we go there, see protests, and uh, F you to corporations and all that stuff. That's that's uncalled for. And I think that uh, with Julia Dixon, she's going to be a part of Armenia now. You know, when, yeah. when someone embraces and says, you know what, I love this country. I love where I was at. That's a, that's a big positive. Because a lot, of, a lot of times when I go somewhere, if it's not the beach or anything like that, I'm like, oh, you know what, I can't wait to leave. And you got some people that just embrace it and love it. And uh, that's what we have here with uh, Julia Dixon. And thank you so much, Anush, for throwing a great episode once again on Armenia Proud. Uh, Brian, uh, next week we'll try to get a guest on here from, yeah. that, uh, from, uh, from our Armenia Proud, uh, Brian. And, hey, folks, check out our show and hit a big like on uh, Armenia Proud. If you're listening for the first time, Go to our site at uh, what, what's it called again on our uh, on our Facebook? It's not Armenia Proud. It's a Toast to Armenia. Toast to Armenia. Is it a Toast to Armenia? A Toast to Armenia. A Toast to Armenia. Go there, hit a big like, and enjoy the show. Message me, and I'll see what I can do. If uh, if it's a guest that you guys want to hear about, hell, I, I'm all game. I'll, I'll try to figure it out. I'll try to make things happen. So, Genatsit uh, Kisher Party. We'll see you next week. Tune in next week for another episode of A Toast to Armenia with Jano Kabinjian. Find the show online at armeniaproud.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation at facebook.com slash armeniaproud or Twitter at armeniaproud. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.